Hello, our little truthers, and welcome back to another episode of Uncovering the Truth with Laura and Lene, where we give you the truth because truth means advancement, advancement of the mind, advancement of the person, and most importantly, advancement of the world. Today's episode is brought to you by Saul Goodman, attorney at law. If you're in legal trouble, whether your asylum claim was denied, you're looking to apply for citizenship, or anything you can think of, better call Saul. Yep, better call Saul. Now, guys, on today's episode, it'll be the usual me and Laura conversing and uncovering truths. But we also have some exclusive stories to share with you guys that will add to our rather serious topic this week. But don't worry, we aren't looking to upset you all. As always, we're just looking to clear up some misinformation because our society should not have to live in a lie, especially when this false information can be detrimental to many people. Nothing new, guys. Nothing new. Have you ever been told that if you swallow an apple seed, a tree will grow from your stomach? Or that if you say Bloody Mary three times in the mirror, you will get spooked by Bloody Mary herself? Or that there is a leprechaun with a pot of gold waiting at the end of every rainbow? Or that if you put your tooth under your pillow, you will get money from a little tooth fairy? Or that a big fat man with a white beard and a red suit slides down your chimney and leaves presents under your tree every year? I would assume yes. Yes, because society loves to cling on to myths like it's life support. However, do you actually believe this? No. So why would you believe the silly myths that perpetuate negative stereotypes and beliefs about immigrants and people of color? Time and time again, we allow false perceptions to detect our views, but it is time to put a stop to it at once and for all, no matter how many episodes it takes. Today, we will be talking about some myths about immigration and immigrants, legal and illegal. I know, I know, this is a delicate topic nowadays. However, it shouldn't have to be a topic we tiptoe around when speaking with others. I agree. People feel uncomfortable talking about it because they know that there is such a large spectrum of responses they can evoke. But should a topic that we truly know all the facts on evoke such a response? Well, possibly, but possibly not. Take Trump as an example. We know that he has spoken of grabbing women women by their you-know-whats. Fact. And that he has passed it off as quote-unquote locker room talk. Also fact. Facts known by most women in America, yet there is such a large spectrum of responses that you'll receive when you ask women on their views of how much they think Trump respects women. What we are trying to say is we don't know 100% if all this will make the conversation easier, or if we will be able to change sub-perceptions because it all truly depends on the person. So we are here to just give you guys the tools to draw your own conclusions. But just so you know, we will speak facts here, and only facts. And on that note, I will present to you our first myth. Myth number one, immigrants are taking our jobs. Tell me, Laura, how many times have you been in or overheard a conversation about immigration? And one of the biggest points made by one side was, they're taking jobs away from Americans. I would tell you, but I don't have enough fingers to count on. My point exactly. This is such a popular stance to take, but how true is it? Well, it isn't completely true. In reality, many immigrants coming to America end up taking low-wage and unskilled jobs that most Americans don't want or take. 
An increased flow of immigrants coming to the U.S. creates a sort of domino effect of work opportunities for Americans. An example of how immigrants can create job, more jobs is in the aspect of how business flows. Let's take a look at fruit picking more specifically. They pick and provide the fruits and vegetables, which has to be brought to markets by a system of transportation. Job. The ones at the market has to be sold by workers. Job. And if there are more immigrants, there are more people in the U.S. to feed, meaning an increase in all of these, an increase in business owners to sell this product. Job. And so on and so forth. I think you guys all get the idea. You know, in the last 20 years, immigration has actually helped save U.S. companies that were backed up and soon to be shut down. Also, I think there is value in speaking upon wages. I agree. So many people have this impression that immigrants are benefiting more than Americans from coming and working here. But let me remind you that immigrants on average are earning approximately $8 an hour. Whereas Americans, on average, are earning $23.99 per hour. Our economy needs workers who are willing to do labor-intensive field work and domestic work. Since there is not an abundance of Americans that are willing to fill these jobs, there is a deficient in these areas without the addition of immigrants. We have a current administration that would like to solely take in skilled immigrants rather than a mixture of skilled and unskilled. We have all these low-wage jobs like fishing and labor-intensive jobs on plantations and Americans don't want to take. But if we solely bring in skilled immigrants, there will be less people to fill these jobs and America will suffer for it. So yes, to an extent, immigrants do take jobs, but they are not taking jobs away from Americans. If someone truly wanted to use this as an argument, they could say they could at least say that the jobs that immigrants work could go to the unemployed and homeless people. But no, our society rather shout myths and that jobs are being taken away, as well as myths about the homeless and unemployed. But we'll expand upon those myths on a later episode. I feel like that was a successfully debunked myth, don't you? Yup. Anyways, on to myth number two. Undocumented immigrants could come here legally or become legal citizens if they actually tried to get this is a huge misconception in our society and it is just out of pure ignorance. We can't expect everyone to understand this process when they are not the ones going through it, but we can definitely help them understand with some good old education. To start off, acquiring a visa is no easy task. There is a narrow list of people that fit the certain criteria the United States is looking for, and depending on what country a migrant is from, your chances of acquiring a visa are even harder due to a visa limit put on each country. This list includes having family that are already U.S. citizens or green card holders, having specialized employment in fields of U.S. interest, being a large investor, or just winning the green card lottery. So what can someone do if they don't fit into any of these categories? Well, if they live in a place where there is war or natural disaster, they can possibly come as refugees. And for those that fear for their safety in their, own, in their home country, they can appeal for asylum. Today, for this myth, we'll mostly be focusing on asylum claims and migrants from the Northern Triangle nations of El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras. Dur- due to the rise in illegal immigration from these countries and focus on the countries in... Oh my god, I have to redo that. Today, for this myth, we will mostly be focusing on asylum claims and migrants from the Northern Triangle nations of El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras. Due to the rise in illegal immigration from these countries and 
the focus on these countries in many debates about immigration reform. These countries, as we know, suffer from great poverty and violence, causing thousands to flee the U.S. every year. A great deal of these migrants attempt to appeal for asylum once reaching the U.S. border, but the U.S. does not accept all of these claims. When an asylum claim is denied by the courts, the appealing migrant is then barred from entry into the United States for years at a time. Now, let's discuss why one's claim could be denied. A claim could be denied if the applicant themselves poses a danger to the U.S. or if no credible threat is to safety is found. Well, I mean, if no credible threat is found, then there's no credible threat, right? Not entirely true. Let me give you an example of an, a domestic violence call. One spouse calls the cops after an argument that made them fear for their life. A police officer comes over to search the house and ask questions rather than taking their word for it. The police officer finds nothing to be wrong on the surface, so says the call was not credible and leaves. The next day, the spouse has to flee their home in order to save their own life. Was there a credible threat? Yes, but it takes more than looking on the surface to find it. So, you may ask, what is the credible threat beneath the surface in the Northern Triangle Nations? And to that, I would say gang violence. Gang violence is not a surface problem that can be uncovered by all courts because besides any beliefs you may hold, gangs are smart enough to take over and become untraceable. Gangs are able to take over large areas in these nations due to corrupted government, meaning that they can do what they want without fear of being incarcerated. This leads to total control of neighborhoods. I have a small translated anecdote from here hear from a former resident of El Salvador regarding the power of gangs. You cannot run a business without having to pay a large fine to the gang whose territory you reside in, for if not, you will be murdered. You must hurry home and not be caught outside for unnecessary reasons, or you will be caught in their gunfire. If you are a boy and you have survived up to your teens, you must choose either to join the gangs or run away till you are older, for they will find you and you will have no remorse. All of this continues to happen without punishment from local government. Oh wait, let me read that. All this continues to happen without punishment from local government. It is obvious that many would fear for their life and the lives of their family. This is why they come to the US. They make that dangerous journey with high chances of death, rape, and trafficking because they fear too much the gang violence at their home. These migrants appeal for asylum because they do not want to be illegal. If you ask migrants whether they would rather be legal or illegal, I will bet you millions that the vast majority will rather be legal immigrants. But to be denied asylum because U.S. government cannot look beneath the surface and then be barred entry into the U.S. for years leaves the migrants with two choices. Either they risk their lives yet again just to go back to being terrorized by gangs, or they enter the U.S. illegally. Entering the U.S. illegally becomes a reality for many of these migrants, who now have to live in the new fear of being detained and sent back to their home countries, where they have to fear for their lives yet again. To now try and get papers after living in the U.S. for years illegally becomes a risky process and a difficult one out at that. For an argument to be, I bet they didn't even try to come here legally or get papers, and that is just no way, shape, or form accurate. Migrants do not want to be targets, and being illegal puts a huge target on their backs. If they could, they would, which is why the U.S. needs to have a major reform on immigration laws. Now that we have shown you that immigrants are not taking our jobs and that they don't have 
always have the option to obtain proper documentation to become citizens, we feel that it is time to dive deeper and help you guys understand why we are doing our part and why it is so important that our society tries to clear up common myths about Im immigrants. If it is not obvious enough, many myths about immigrants often carry a negative connotation. And to some people, that causes them to carry negative feelings about immigrants or anyone they would label as an immigrant, but just the look of their eyes or simply just hearing a language other than English being spoken by people around them. This leads to the targeting of immigrants and people of color. So I know that me and Laura both have some stories to tell that can help highlight this cause and effect relationship of myths causing racism. So we will start off with a story from Laura's mother. She had to say, I came to this country when I was 21. Having come here at a young age, my accent was very strong and still is. Throughout the years, I've noticed that as I speak to people during the day, for example, when asking directions, many people are unable to understand my accent. And rather than asking to repeat myself or saying that they have trouble understanding me and should ask someone else, they just make rude remarks under their breath about my intelligence and make me feel bad for even trying. Isn't it crazy that here in America, many people perceive an accent and trouble with English as lack of intelligence? That just isn't the case. I think that people don't take enough time to stop and think about how for many immigrants, English is not their first language. Yet for most Americans, English is their only language. This gives us the impression that we can treat someone badly and dismiss their intelligence when they had to come here and learn a whole new language on their own. That's more than what most Americans can say that they've done. Next, we have a similar account from Lene's mother. She said, I got in a car accident one day. It was the other person's fault, but already I started to worry. Their car was filled with nativist stickers, and this made me think they might judge me because of my complexion or accent. This, of course, was only an assumption, but an assumption based on past racist experiences I've endured. I got out of the car to get his information as I walked there. I caught myself rehearsing my English over and over again in my head. I have spoken English for a large majority of my life. However, I was scared that my accident will come out and give the other person something to dismiss me on. And lastly is another story from someone close to Laura. He said, I am a welder from Honduras and came here many years ago. I was just having a normal day at work, but then I accidentally bumped into another worker and he began yelling at me saying that Trump is building a wall and to go back to Mexico because that's where I belong. I responded with, I'm not from Mexico, I'm from Honduras. And his answer was simply, quote unquote, you're all the same. I don't even feel the need to add on to this. I think the myths and ignorance in these comments are pretty self-explanatory. And if not, I think it's time you pull out those six-ray geography notes. We can do better. We have to do better for the sake of innocent people and for the sake of our whole country. Like I said earlier, we as a society love to cling on to myths. It is embedded in our culture with things like saying there's a pot of gold at the end of every rainbow and that a tree will grow from your stomach if you swallow an apple seed. But please, we need to let go of these myths about immigrants. These myths feel ignorance. They feel hate and they feel racism. We have a precedent who's Rhetoric is filled with overly generalized myths that lead to dangerous misconceptions about migrants and people of color. While addressing Mexican immigration, Trump has infamously said, they're sending people that have a lot of problems and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, 
and some i assume are good people do you really think that that people are holding on to the part where he only assumes that some just some are good people no the public was holding on to his other strong words and labels Coming from the president, this rhetoric gave permission to the masses of blind followers in society to assume the worst about everyone, every brown person they see. Society needs a standard of truth. Each and every week we try to bring the standard to our listeners, but we are only two people, which is why we all have to do our part. When you hear someone speaking a myth like it is true, we hope that you step in and correct them because change is change, whether big or small, and it has power to make an impact. Author Margaret Atwood once said, a word after a word after a word is power. We need to start speaking words of truth, words that encourage healthy conversations that can promote advancement in society. We are being held back by immigration myths that do nothing except for cause a widening, a widening divide in views among members of our society and government itself. Truth means advancement, advancement of the mind, advancement of the person, and most importantly, advancement of the world. And with that, we conclude today's episode of Uncovering the Truth with Laura and Lene. We hope that everyone has taken something positive away from this discussion, and we hope to have you all visit us again next week. Have a great rest of your day. Laura and Lene, signing off.